Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Spotlight Podcast. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Evan Carmichael, who is infamous across YouTube. You've definitely seen one of Evan's creations on YouTube, and Evan is a very, very powerful leader in the world right now by empowering individuals to unlock the Michael Jordan level talent. And it takes work and a lot of different things, which Evan actually holds the keys to and understands at a very deep level. And with that being said, I'd like to turn the floor over to Evan. And thank you again for joining us, sir. Sure, I can go quickly through it. And then if you want to go deep on anything, let me know. Um, I've had entrepreneurial tendencies growing up my whole life. Uh, you know, I sold, I drew art and sold it with my three-year-old little sister when I was five and made my first 10 cents for my neighbor. Uh, had all sorts of various ventures, baseball cards, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't think I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, it just wasn't in my family. It wasn't in my, my community. It wasn't on my radar. I thought I wanted to be a banker. Uh, my high school yearbook said, you know, in 10 years, you're going to be a banker. And then I met two entrepreneurs in university. I joined them in their business and just decided I want to give this a shot and see. Uh, the company sucked at the beginning, made lots of mistakes, was not getting money, uh, was feeling really low on my life and just felt worthless as a human being in the early days of my business. Figured it out, turned it around, and I believe that your, your purpose comes from your pain. And because my journey was so rough at the beginning, uh, now I want to help other people have some success and hopefully not feel the same pain that I felt in growing my company. Uh, I think I'm best known now for my YouTube channel, for my books, my message of believe. Uh, that company we built and sold, then I started helping entrepreneurs. It began with speaking, then moved to my website, and now to my YouTube channel, and now to books and other stuff. And I just want to make the path a little bit easier for the people who are struggling on their entrepreneur journey. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, one of, one of the things I think is very interesting is that a lot of times when people see a person such as yourself who's attained such a massive following across all different platforms, I think one of the things that's, um, you know, missed is the business operator inside of you that really it took to reach this level. And maybe I'm wrong, but is, is that what it takes to achieve such a social media following is kind of an intelligence as a business operator? So I think every business needs a CEO. I think a business yearns for a CEO, just like a parent, you know, or a child needs a parent. And so I am that in my business, but I don't think you need to be that to win. I think if you are not that person, then you need to identify the person who loves building businesses and, and make that person your partner. Uh, I think it's having the self-awareness to know how far you want to take it. If the idea of negotiating deals and managing a team and dealing with all the headaches of running a business, if that creates all sorts of anxiety and terror and it just sounds terrible to you, uh, then forcing yourself to do it won't be the path likely for you. But understanding that a business needs it. If you want to grow your brand, grow your company, it needs that person. So if it's not you, then you have to find that person to help you. Sure, definitely. And, you know, I think it's extremely interesting that, you know, I saw an interview a couple of weeks back that you did 
where you were sharing some information about how you were at a seminar, a three-day seminar, and during this three-day period, you stayed off of your email, stayed off of your social media and everything just to connect on an extremely deep level with the individuals you were surrounded with, which I think is extremely rare. I've never actually met a business operator who's able to have a massive organization while at the same time going so micro one-on-one type of connection building. So what, what type of, you know, habits, like what did it take to achieve that? Because that is, uh, that that's extraordinary, you know, for a business operator to not be constantly slamming on their email in between things with divided attention, I think is uh, a huge achievement. And you've found a way to do that. So what, what did it take to achieve that? So I think it's just a decision. Um, I ran a workshop in May around helping thought leaders make money from their ideas. So I have a passion for helping thought leaders get their mission out there and being able to turn it into a business, not just you know, posted some content on social media, but then they can't actually derive revenue from it. I want people to be, be purpose-driven and be able to make money from it. And so I thought, I make a lot of content with videos and, and you know, pictures and text, but if I, I don't do coaching, I don't do one-on-one work, but I thought if I do an event for three days here in my hometown of Toronto, could I, could I spend enough time with them to shift them? Could I get them, you know, get my claws into them to not just give them ideas, but transfer my energy to them so that they are then, that's enough when they go home that they can start doing the work that they need to do and have the belief and confidence in themselves to do it. Um, So I did one in May and I've got my second version of it coming up in September of, of, uh, of 2018 here in Toronto. And my intention was, this was a test. I wanted to see if I got 10 to 15 people together and they spent three full days with me. We're talking from eight in the morning till you know, by the time dinner was finished, 10, 10 30 at night, so like full, full days. And for me to really see if the test worked, I needed to be there, right? Like my goal was if I spent three days with people in a small group and it was intimate, could I shift them? And so for me to really do that, I had to be present and I had to be with them. And so I wasn't checking my email, I wasn't checking my social media, um, I wasn't posting on Instagram as uh, much as I normally was. Um, YouTube is a little easier for me because I have eight people on my YouTube team and we schedule everything out. And so I have my filming day and I still did my filming day. But my Instagram, because I'm still tasting it, I believe in tasting everything myself before I go push really hard on it. So with Instagram, I'm, I'm still tasting it. I'm still figuring out everything that I'm doing. Um, we now post six times a day. And just recently, three of them are not me. It's still my content, but my team helps me now. Uh, But before it was me doing everything. I I was doing all the stories. I was doing all the posts. I was doing all the Instagram lives. And I just said, okay, I'm I'm not doing that. I want to be here with these people for the next three days. That was my ambition. And so I'm going to stop doing those other things. And YouTube didn't suffer because it was all planned out. Instagram suffered. You know, my, my email suffered. I'm sure I lost some business in that process. I'm sure I didn't gain new followers in that process. I think I just made a video on Instagram on my stories. I said, guys, I'm out for the next three days. I'll see you in three days. <laughs> uh, and it's just a mindset, just a decision. I think sometimes you have to be willing to uh, let go of little things to chase the big thing. 
you know, I learned this early on in that I used to pride myself on being the guy to respond to everything instantaneously. So I would answer email right away. I would drop whatever I was doing to answer email right away and, you know, turn all the notifications on. And then people would also then say, wow, you're so fast. Thank you so much for that response. I just sent that email 35 seconds ago. And that praise would then feed the beast even more where I had to do it. I wanted to, I wanted to develop that identity that I'm the guy who responds immediately. What I ended up finding out though was that I spent so much time responding to the notifications that I didn't spend time actually doing anything major. I spent so much time in the weeds dealing with these micro issues that I never got to focus on a macro goal of mine. And when I realized that, I said, wow, that has to shift. Like that's, that's not acceptable. Uh, and so by focusing on the big picture stuff, the macro stuff, the big goals, the big dreams you have, by the very de definition of doing that, it means you will spend less time on some of the micro things and you will drop some of those micro balls uh, and that's okay. So I still will lose some opportunities every day because I'm not fast enough on some things or I will be offline for three days because I'm immersed in something, but I'm chasing something bigger. And so the net result will be way more positive than if I just stayed in the weeds handling all the micro issues. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. There, there seems to be that in, a lot of individuals out there, and I've experienced this, seem to have a handbrake on when they're trying to drive forward. What is it that can allow a person to just release the handbrakes and move forward the way that you've moved forward in your journey? So, okay, I think at the starting point, if you want to be a thought leader, you want to have a presence on YouTube or anywhere in social media, first, you have to have a message. You have to have a truth that you want to share. You have to be on a mission. Like, what do you believe that needs to be created out there in the world more? Uh, and so, you know, instead of complaining about the way something is, you're out there now trying to make a difference to make it better. I think once you have that, the next step is the fear of judgment. You're worried uh, how other people will think about you when you put up your content. Uh, and you're worried of what you think about you when you put up your content. And that's, that's the handbrake that you're talking about. Um, and for a lot of people, the handbrake is so strong that no matter how hard they push on the gas, they just don't go anywhere. And I think the way around it is, first off, for other people, recognizing that the more you live your life according to other people's expectations, the more you lose. People don't want the same things that you want. Everybody will have an opinion on what you should do with your life, even if it's out of love. You know, like your parents will want you to do something and it's out of absolute love, but it's just, you don't want your parents' life. And when you realize that, when you realize that I want my life and I'm not here to live anybody else's version of my life, then you stop caring as much about what other people think about you. And I like to force an exercise when as soon as I find a, a little inch of worry about something I'm doing, that might, um, I'm worried about somebody else's judgment, then I have to do that thing. So not that long ago, I painted my nails orange because somebody on my team asked me to. And my reaction was, oh my gosh, I have meetings, I have videos, that's gonna look crazy. Now I don't desire, I don't, I don't use nail polish as a way of expressing myself, but the fact that I was, nervous about other people's judgments around nail polish meant that I had to go and paint my nails just to release it. So getting used to building that muscle, anytime you feel yourself playing small based off somebody else's opinion, 
then you have to go and do that thing. Even if it's not ultimately what you will end up wanting to do because the, the exercise of doing it and releasing it is value for you in building your self-respect, building how much you respect yourself. Um, and then in terms of you judging yourself, just expect to suck at the beginning. You just, you have to expect to suck. Like everything you've ever tried ever, you sucked at the start. You know, like how many interviews in are you on, on your podcast? Uh, you are number 12, actually. <laughs> I'm 12. Great. The 12 is my new lucky number. I love it. Uh, even now, like from, from 1 to 12, I'm sure there's a lot that you've already learned from doing 12 compared sure. to the first one. Sure. Right? And, and I, you know, I want to be guest number 100. I want to come back and be 100. Uh, and, and by then, you look back at this one and say, holy cow, like I've, I've grown so much since then. And so just like anything you've ever done ever at the beginning, you sucked at it. And I think what happens is, you know what a good podcast looks like or sounds like, you know, you, you whoever you follow, whoever it is that you follow, John Lee Dumas or, or Tim Ferriss or, you know, whatever the podcast is that you love, you know, it sounds good, but then you can't make it the first time out. Like you get on and you do your first one and, and it sucks compared to the people who are crushing it. And that's the point where a lot of people quit. They say, well, I, I'm not like that person. I suck. And so I'm, I, I, I'm going to give up on this stream. And I would just add the word yet to the end. I'm not that good yet, but you can become through practice, through effort. And so I think people have, have um, unfair expectations of themselves at the beginning. And I think if you learn to understand that you will suck, and that's okay. Nobody's listening anyway, <laughs> right? Like right. you make your first podcast, nobody's tuning in anyway. You make your first YouTube video, it's not going to be viewed a million times. Nobody cares yet. It's okay. So go out and suck, right? And get better. Just like the first time you tried to ride a bike or the first time you tried to snowboard down a hill, like you fell a thousand times. That's the process. Uh, and so those two things, the judgment for other people and then the, the self-judgment for for um, thinking you're going to be great when you're not. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because I was wondering that every time I watch your videos and now your level of production is becoming almost ra like rapid. I mean, you, you are really getting things going. So what I was wondering is the way that you study and, and you know, have the pull the key points of a person out through your basically analysis I was wondering how that affects you as a person. I mean, you're literally looking at the some of the most influential, successful people across the world and studying them to such a depth to teach another person. How did that actually affect you along your journey? Huge. I mean, what, here's a question. If you want to learn Japanese, what's the fastest way to learn it? You know, if you move to Japan, you will learn Japanese so fast compared to uh, once a week picking up a textbook and trying to work your way through it, right? Because it's, it's your environment. Every, everybody around you is speaking Japanese. The menu's in Japanese. Your hotel's in Japanese. Like, you're going to have to learn it. You'll figure out a way. I take that same approach for success. If you are around success constantly, It'll bleed into how you think, how you act, how you behave, 
And so that's my ultimate goal is I made the channel firstly for myself, learning from these 10, 10 rules and all the people that I profiled is selfish for me because I want to be around Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and Steve Jobs on a regular basis. And some of them are dead and the other ones who are alive don't have an internship program that I can go and sign up for and be around them all day. So this is, this is, this is the best form of immersion learning that I can come up with. And it shifted my entire perspective on what I think I can accomplish and where my limitations are and the ambitions that I have. And I grew up, you know, super um, Canadian, uh, super humble family. Um, and I still maintain a lot of that, but at the same time now I'm have so much more belief in myself and what I can accomplish. And so I think whatever the thing is that you want to do, the more that you surround yourself with it, the more that you make it in your environment, the more you take the go to Japan, but for your thing, uh, then the more you can start to actually win. And I think in the age that we're in now, it's just so easy. There's so many resources. You know, people want, people love your message, right? You love, you guys listening, you love Jordan, you love what he's talking about. Uh, it really resonates with you. You come off each podcast feeling inspired. Great. Well, he's done 12 and he's doing more. So every time there's a new episode that comes out, listen to it again, right? Make it on your must listen playlist. Because every time Jordan brings on a guest or even his own perspective, it, it helps shift you, the listener. And so choosing, you know, you may not be able to afford going to Japan, right? You may not be able to afford going to the workshops and the seminars and flying across the country. So you'll need to yet. You can get a lot through podcasts, through YouTube videos, which are absolutely free. Or you can pick up books, which cost 10 bucks or 15 bucks. Like it doesn't have to cost you a lot to create that immersion learning. And so I would strongly encourage people who are trying to figure out their path and you know you're missing something and you know that it's not in your environment right now, then instead of complaining and blaming you know, your current situation, saying, here's what I want and I'm gonna start surrounding myself with those people, that mindset, those resources. Definitely, definitely. And it, that, that's awesome right there. And I think maybe that might be a step that tend to overlook is the value of free information out there which you know if you really watched you know Evan Evan Carmichael on YouTube and actually watched the videos you really I don't know if there's a way to put a monetary value on that actually there may not be a way to put the monetary value because it's it's literally I know it sounds you know it's priceless it, it is priceless and it, and like you said when you were starting your journey, sorry, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but when you were starting your journey, you know, you did it for yourself. Now, is, is that also a way to, um, a lot of people are more money focused when, you know, any type of, uh, as they should, but to a sense, you know, how important is it to stay focused and, and get involved in something that actually excites you and, and makes you, uh, um, you know, look forward to doing it. Yeah, so I think, I don't think most people grow up with a healthy perspective on money. I think, I think a lot of people grow up thinking it's everything. Money is the only thing. Do anything you can for money, 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 money. It's the most important thing in the world. And a lot of other people think money is evil. 
there's the expression money is the root of all evil. I, it's, it's neither. Money's a tool. Uh, money is super important. It's just not number one. If you look at anybody who's at the top of their game in any field, any entrepreneur, uh, you'll see that money is important to them, but there's something above it. Their mission is above it. The thing that they would do, even if they weren't getting paid, you see that over and over and over and over again in the stories of these people that, that um, are entrepreneurial legends. They would do the work even if they weren't getting paid. But it doesn't mean that they just do the work for free. By figuring out how you can make money, then you can build a team and you can go further and build your products and get to do the thing that you have Michael Jordan level talent at and delegate everything else instead of spending your time doing all the stuff and you only spend 5% of your time in the work that you love. Uh, and so money is super important. It's just not number one. It's number two or number three or number five. It's not number 800 on the list. And so just recognizing that uh, if you are just chasing money, you will lose. The people at the top of any field, uh, research their stories, watch their interviews, see what they're up to. Nobody ever is talking about money being the most important thing to them. Uh, it's because it's so, it's so hard to get a business off the ground. It's really hard. And you kind of have to be a little bit crazy. You have to do it because you have just absolute passion and love to do it. You know, if you didn't love interviewing people and making a podcast, you should quit. You know, like if people are doing podcasts because it's the number one money maker in 2018, that may be right. It might be a great opportunity to make a lot of money. But if you don't absolutely love the process of making a podcast, you're going to lose because the people who love it will crush you forever. And so I think it's just that, that perspective. If you are doing the thing that the number one rule about making money is if you provide value, you will make money. The more you are helping people, providing them with value, then the more money you will make. And so how do you provide value? It comes from being an expert and loving the thing that you're doing. You have to put in so much work to get really great at something and then you start getting paid to do it. Uh, and so just, I think that approach, if you're getting into a business, just trying to make money, you're going to lose. You will never be all time. Never. Uh, but don't go into something and thinking money is evil and you just can be a volunteer in charity all the time. I think charities need to make more money. I think if charities had more money, they could have a bigger impact and reach their mission. Um, so money is really important. It's just not number sure, one. Sure. Sure. makes a lot of sense. And you know, it's interesting um, you know, I, I'm actually doing this right now without even an idea if it's possible to monetize it. I'm just, uh, you know, I feel like I should probably actually be paying you <laughs> for just joining and, you know, allow, you know, sharing with us directly. So, I mean, it, it, it's an awesome, awesome, excellent, uh, unbelievable experience, to be honest, Evan, to, to have you. It's literally like, I, I'm kind of like, did this really just happen right now? Or, you know, like, did Evan really just come on, on the show with me right now? But, you know, really, thank you for coming on directly and sharing with us. Like, it, it is unreal what you're doing. And, you know, we there's a from myself and, you know, my small team that I'm with right now, we have, uh, you know, the utmost respect for what you're doing. And a very, very genuine salute to you, you know, on your mission and purpose. And it's evident that what you're doing is, you know, you're, you're, it's not, like you said, it's not money motivated. It shows that basically you are after a much larger mission and you have a large vision. And, uh, and we all hope that, uh, you know, you continue to just keep, uh, you know, accelerating at the rate that you're accelerating. So, yeah, really, thank you. Appreciate it. Entrepreneur Spotlight number 12. Thank you for the love, man. It's been a blast.